morning, everybody. Happy hottest day in British history. And welcome to the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by The Mirror's editor, Alison Phillips. Morning, Alison. Morning, Susie. How are you coping in the heat? So far, so good. But then I didn't have to get a slow train to Canary Wharf like you. So, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> Well, those very cool ones are in the office. There is something to be said for the air conditioning today. Yes, exactly. Now, this is the People's Paper Review. So get into the comments. Ask us your questions. We'll try to answer as many of them as we can. Those of you listening later on podcast, you're just going to have to perspire in our general direction instead. So what have we got for you today? Well, the mirror has splashed on blowtorch Britain with temperatures expected to hit 42 degrees centigrade today in parts of the country. The Met Office has issued its first ever red heat alert and number 10 has finally declared a national emergency. But look at all those people on Brighton Beach, Alison. It's just a bit of sunshine, isn't it? It's completely normal for this time of year. It's not that bad, surely. Well, I mean, the people on Brighton Beach, as we can see on the on the front page picture, are having a great time. But, I mean, this this is an extraordinary moment, really. This is the hottest this country has ever been, which, if you think about it, is, is, well, it's just extraordinary. And it's been happening for two days. And really, we're only beating a record that was set in 2019, so only three years ago from the last hottest day. So it shows the frequency with which we're getting these events now and also that they're lasting for slightly longer periods. So although some people may enjoy the sunshine today, um, this is now going to become more frequent. And as the, the, the idea that the country is grinding to a bit of a halt in so many ways shows what a devastating impact these kind of heats are going to have on people. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to um, be interesting to see how today happens. Obviously, those pictures on Brighton Beach were yesterday because the mirror is yes. good, not that good. Yes. Um, but you can't take pictures from the future. And it wasn't yeah. that – well, it was lovely yesterday, but it wasn't anywhere near wasn't as hot as it's as going bad, to be today. No, so hopefully those beaches will be a bit more empty today. If we hit 42 degrees Celsius today, as Alison said, this will be the hottest temperature ever recorded in the British Isles since the time of the dinosaurs. In fact, since we started recording stuff, to be fair. So lots of people, though, have been talking about the 1976 heat wave and how we all survived that. Well, the top temperature then was 35.9, seven degrees less almost, which is why uh, it seemed excessive and quite deadly at the time in 1976, if anyone can remember that. Now, 42 degrees centigrade is hotter than your internal body temperature of 37 which is why going outside when it's 42 degrees will cook you. And it starts with the brain, which is perhaps why some of the climate change sceptics are having a problem. Morning, Gary. Um, and now 40, so the highest temperature we've ever had recorded before, as Alison said, was 2019. That was 38.7. The previous record before that was 38.5, which was in 2003. So it does seem to be getting hotter, Alison, you're right. Now, are the experts saying, you know, this is all just a natural cycle? Just if things get hotter and colder, get over it? No. I mean, we've seen this across Europe um, over the last couple of weeks, um, that the temperatures, I and mean, we've seen those wildfires in France and Portugal and Spain. Um, and it, there's definitely all the evidence, all the evidence by the credible scientists shows that this is happening more frequently and it's getting hotter. And this is the result of climate crisis. And whilst... We can think the occasional day is lovely because it means we can all get the paddling pools out and have an ice cream. The concern is that if this happens more frequently, which it will do, and to hotter temperatures, yes, we've got the idea that it can kill people because, you know, particularly elderly people who are more um, susceptible to the heat. 
It also means that we're going to have to look at the way that all our homes and buildings are built because we're just not used to that kind of heat. It means we're going to have to completely think about our transport. They're closing some of the railways because the trains can't run on on those uh, because they will have an impact on their uh, machinery. The roads, there's so many things that are going to be impacted. And then, of course, if we're having this here, we're going to have it kind of um, sort of around the equator. It's even worse. We're going to the migration that we've seen in the last 20, 30 years is nothing to what's coming in the next 20, 30 years unless we get a handle on this very quickly. Well, we're obviously going to have to move to Norway, aren't we? Yes. That's, that's pretty much it. Good luck, Norway. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you give us the comments, ask us your questions. Are you bothered about the heat? What have you done to make yourself less hot today? Have you opened all your windows overnight and closed them during the day? Are you following any of the techniques and hacks that are online? Or are you not bothered? Do you think this is all a bunch of snowflakes getting upset about nothing? Dawn says, <laughs> it's disgusting that some schools close and some don't. It should be the same rule all over, not that some kids suffer and some don't. So yesterday, Dominic Raab came out, Alison, and said the school should stay open because children need their education. My six-year-olds had to go to school today. Um, the only, uh, where can I put it, the only concession to the heat is that the headmaster said they can go in in their PE kits, yeah. which is actually hotter than her school dress. So she's in her school dress. But this, it's a Victorian school that's not built for coping with heat. It's got terrible windows it's got terrible ventilation you have problems during covid as a result of all that um and there's no shade you know they can't go running about their children it seems a bit odd that they're, they're not going to be learning in the normal fashion anyway are they yeah i think it's difficult for the schools though in that you know if this is going to become more of a um a frequent event um you know are we just going to sort of say to, to schools that they have to close every time it gets above a certain temperature also mm-hmm. i think um, there's an awful lot of people that don't have childcare or cannot afford childcare. And I think, and we also know after coming out of COVID, how much damage not going to school did to so many kids. That I kind of think the one learning from COVID is that we should try and keep children in schools at all. You know, my, so my daughter's gone in in her PE kit. Um, my son had to go in school uniform. It was loud not to wear his blazer. But um, she was absolutely <laughs> furious about But I Thank think you, Victorians. Thank you. Schools are really trying to find sort of solutions. But I think this is, as with all walks of life, everyone's going to have to start having a bit of a hot weather plan from now on, because if this is going to happen more often, they've been sort of caught slightly on the on the hoof. And so I think, yeah, that's right. I mean, like I think Sher said about her school, they've got ice and water play all day. So they are really trying. Um, but it's, 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 it's going to be something they have to think about, I think. Yeah, it's something we're all going to start thinking about more. Um, I mean... Julia Hartley Brewer on Twitter yesterday was busy telling me, look, it's just heat. The rest of the world manages. It's normally hotter. They don't all collapse and die. Everything's fine. Stop having a complete meltdown. And um, I, mean, that, I mean, that is true because you go to countries like, um, you know, southern, like real southern Spain or you go to um, India or, and those countries. But that's because they've, they've had many more years than we have of practice of getting used to this and, you know, putting places yeah, constant fires. I mean, the number of times when in my career I've been sent to southern Spain to cover forest fires that are threatening yeah. the expats is incredible. Yeah, and of course it's getting worse for them now as well. So they're having to upgrade all their um, plants. Yeah, exactly. Now Mark says they need to go to school, change the dress code. That's what some of them have done. They've they've removed blazers yeah. out of the sun school, but you know, <laughs> I don't think blazers ever really been. Um, links to an early death but we have to wait and see won't we um i keep asking your questions what are you doing to deal with the heat um are you just 
ice creams all day? Are you sitting in an ice bath? Do you not care? Are you going out to enjoy the sunshine? Are you going to burn yourself to a crisp because you love this kind of weather? Uh, get into the comments and let us know. Now, yesterday, Dominic Raab, who we've previously mentioned, um, was urging schools to stay open and told everybody to go out and enjoy the sunshine. This is despite the fact that he's the deputy prime minister and is running the country, uh, perhaps because of the fact that the COBRA meetings held about this over the weekend were chaired by the Cabinet Office Minister, Kit Malthouse, and not the Deputy Prime Minister, who's running the country, because the actual Prime Minister had the weekend off. Um, so where was our caretaker Prime Minister, Alison, when the country needed taking care of? Well, he wasn't in the COBRA meetings, which was interesting. And also Boris Johnson, of course, was having a party. So, well, funny that, because he likes a party. Boris um, Johnson having a party? Having Are a you sure? I know. But not just any party this time. This was, this was a party at Chequers, which is obviously his country home, um, which the rest of us uh, pay for. Um, and all the great and the good turned up at this party to celebrate the marvellous work Boris Johnson's done uh, over the last, uh, how many years was it? Three, four, four years. And uh, yeah, so, uh, so that was his sort of farewell party. Um, whilst so and they again i mean i'll skip to COVID meeting the big meetings they have when there's a crisis on which of course you'll remember susie he also skipped quite a lot of COVID meetings in the run-up to covid as well Five, yeah Five. so um yet again um yet again when the country sort of needed a bit of leadership um they've been off having a party all he had to do was go to a meeting. It's only going to take half hour and, and put things in place for, you know, contingencies and emergencies. And as Pauline says, is anyone really surprised? Unfortunately, Pauline, we're not surprised. And it's, so the sooner that we just move on and get a new prime minister who's actually committed to doing the job, then we are hopefully we'll all be in a bit of a better place. Well, we'll see, won't we? Um, there, there, is, uh, there are some other things on that, unfortunately. Um, so speaking of climate change, last night, the five Tory leadership hopefuls had another TV debate. Now, if you were anything like me, you will have switched on and seen five very unpleasant minutes of backstabbing, lies and viciousness and then thought, sod this, and turned over to watch Netflix uh, and, and watch Persuasion instead. Um, but, Alison, it's worth noting that none of these candidates think extreme weather conditions are bad enough that it's worth mentioning in their leadership pitch. Um, perhaps that's because there's a poll out overnight that shows 4%, 4% of the Tory leadership, uh, sorry, Tory membership actually think that climate change is anywhere on their list of priorities. Most people that they are pitching their vote to right now, the Tory members, don't care about this at all. So all their tax cuts and stuff they've been promising, a lot of them have said, uh, they're going to ditch the green levies or they're going to try and hit net zero, but do it slower or something like that. Um, and instead, we've got contenders that really aren't talking about what's happening right out there. I mean, how is that going to work out for them, do we think? Whoever gets to be prime minister, they're going to have to address this. Aren't they? That, that isn't a sustainable well, position. You would like to hope they've got to address it, because to be honest, if today and tomorrow don't teach us anything, it's got to teach us this isn't, this isn't some far off thing that we don't have to worry about. This is in the here and now. And do you know what? I was giving my little boy a lift back from his football match, which probably shouldn't have been playing in the heat yesterday anyway. But, um, and he said to me last night, he said to me in the car, he said, do you think I'm going to live all of my life? And I, which is obviously a bit of an odd question anyway, because you're only going to live all your life. Thank anyway. you, children. Thank you, children, for these questions. <laughs> but, but I said, yeah, no, it's fine. I said, you know, the, 
world's not going to burn up sort of any time during your lifetime. But I said, in your children's children's children, it's going to start getting quite hairy. And he said, but what's this thing about the 50, we've only got 56 years or something, which I think you're only half listening in geography. And of course, that's the amount of time we've got to actually do everything that we need to do if we can reverse the effects of climate crisis. If we don't act like within, you know, decades, the next couple of decades, then to be honest, it's out of control. It's a run away train and it's all going to end in absolutely days like this for our, our grandchildren, our great grandchildren, day in, day out, food shortages, water shortages, mass migration, civil unrest. I mean, it, it sounds a bit apocalyptic and depressing to say this on a, you know what. Well, that is, you know, anybody who actually understands this stuff, you know, re read it. It's all out there. It's fascinating to read. And the idea that we're looking at a next prime minister on a day like today, and it's not even a thing that they're mentioning. We've got um, Kevin, Mad Kevin Badenoch that says we shouldn't even go for the net zero. We should rain back on that. We've got Penny Morden. There was a great story in our sister title, The Sunday People at the Weekend, saying that she's been taking um, donations from climate sceptics, you know, people who don't really believe it's a thing. So, I mean, that proves... That it's it's real recklessness. We think we think we've seen recklessness under Boris Johnson. That's nothing unless we don't get a prime minister who really starts taking this seriously. And and Alok Sharma, the um, Tory who ran the whole COP thing last year, you remember, he's threatened to resign if if one of these lot don't take the whoever gets the job doesn't take it seriously. Uh, and it's worth remembering as well. I don't I don't know how many Tory members we've got on this uh, in our audience today, but in case just there's one out there. All the tax cuts that have been promised by the Tory leadership contenders are more expensive than the public sector wage increases they say are too expensive to pay and would cause inflation. Go figure. It's all just la-la land at the moment. Yes, well, Tory leadership campaign, there you go. Summed it up for you. Um, now we do have some good news in the world. Uh, so uh, Mike, actually, just before we go on, Mike just said those that last night's Tory leadership debate was the best advert Labour could ever have. Um, very quickly, Alison, do you think Keir's ha Keir Starmer's happy about all this, or is he worried about who he might face? I think he's probably quite delighted because I think even perhaps um, Penny Morden, which I I feel could have been the hardest one for him to beat, in that. Her policies might be all over the shop, but I think she kind of looks and acts like a human being, which is a you know a big step in the right direction. Um, I don't think she's going to get it because I think she's come across as quite lightweight in the debates. So I think it's pretty looking like a win-win, I'd say, for Starmer. If we see lots of you know exciting new policies from him shortly and we know which direction he's going in. Yeah, he has been laying out some policies today, isn't he, for dealing with extreme heat and stuff like that. And... Um government committees cabinet committees and so on but announcing a committee is yeah probably not a, you know make too many front page headlines care just a tip um anyway we do need to move on so there's some good news in the world uh, out of all this and here it is So speaking of fighters, uh, here's someone who could give Liz Truss and the others a run for their money. There's a little girl called Darcy May, who was born by emergency C-section after suffering a stroke in the room. There she is, a stroke in the womb. There she is, absolutely beautiful in her ballerina outfit. Now, her arms and fingers were black from blood clots when she was born, and surgeons had to operate to remove her right arm from the elbow down and three fingers on her left hand. She's had 13 operations so far and is due another. She's only two. Um, 
but Darcy May's got big dreams and she wants to be a ballerina. So her family are raising money for a prosthetic that she can be with when she's older so she can grip the bar or a partner and make her dreams come true. We've got some links to her pages in our comments. So please click on them and bung her a fiver if you can. Um, but Alison, is this proof, I suppose, that, you know, no matter how bad things get, it is it is Darcy May shows us she can bounce back. Absolutely. And I think like the resilience of like um, a two year old child and her family, of course, who's also been giving her all the support that she needs. Shows oh, her that, I can't imagine. Yeah, her amazing. That, there's, that human beings can do so many things and so amazing. And I think when they're surrounded by love and um, hope that anything is possible. And I think all these stories are just they just fill your heart, don't they? And you just think, well, if, you know, we should all be there. We should all be a bit more Darcy, shouldn't we? Yes, that would be nice, wouldn't it? If only Darcy could just come out and choose the next Prime Minister for us. I'm sure <laughs> slightly better crack at it than some of the Tory membership are doing. Um, but so, like I said, there's some links to Darcy's Instagram and her, uh, some fundraising pages for different bits of equipment that she needs in the comments. So please go and have a little click on them. Let's give her a follow and see if you can bang her a fiver because it does seem that she's probably worth it. And it's, let's face it, it's, it's probably more more sense than joining the Conservative Party at the moment. So use your subs on that instead. Um, thank you for joining us, Alison. Thank you, everyone, for taking part. Uh, we're going to have to dash now because we've all got to go out and do whatever we can in the next half hour before the frying pan heats up too much. And we'll see you all again on Wednesday for another edition of the News Agenda when hopefully things will have cooled down a bit and hopefully we'll all have survived. Stay indoors, stay shady, stay hydrated. See you then, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.